Our presentation today is uh, titled Moving Towards Balance um, by Reverend Matt. And uh, I'll hand over the mic here. Oh, good morning, beloveds. How strange it is to find us back where we were when we first met two years ago, separated by the fears of an unknown virus whose impact was clearly life endangering for whom we had no known immunity. Science was finally able to offer us some modicum of safety. We were eventually able to return to some past level of normalcy. As this latest outbreak reminds us, return to what we used to consider normal is still quite precarious. Thanks to all that shifted in this last week, including the interweave group that was scheduled um, for, to be speaking right now in front of you in person, um, that rescheduling happened in an attempt to ensure that their important message can have the opportunity to be experienced in person, um, which is why um, I've tried to put something together for you today. Um, even though we've temporarily moved back online, I expect that we will be back in person again shortly. Um, we're certainly reminded once again that our old ways of being are always in jeopardy. It certainly be hard to find our balance in times like these. Many of us feel like our, uh, our little shells are cracking. We're about to experience the summer solstice, the brightest time of the year, the day when the light of the sun rules the sky. For thousands of years, humans have acknowledged the ongoing cycle of our natural world, making the ever-changing balance, marking the ever-changing balance between light and darkness. When I was a kid, and I mean that to be the range of ages from zero to about 50, let's not rush things here. I used to live for summertime. Long days meant that it felt like there was still a whole day left to play after the day's school or work were complete. I'd celebrate the summer solstice. I'd feel a twinge of sadness when I knew that the longest day was done, knowing that the countdown was on towards the colder, darker days of as I've aged, though, I've also come to realize that there is also great beauty in darkness. This is the season where the days are short, less work needs to be done in the yard. There's no reason not to just curl up under a blanket with a good book and a cup of tea and transport it away to the world of new ideas and concepts. And as I reflected upon this, I realized. One of the harder spaces for us humans to navigate is not the solstices, equinoxes. When the spring comes, there is much to do to begin to prepare for the harvests. But the days are still cold and short. And as much as we might crave to be outside, we're still sleepy from our winter slumber. And as we encounter the fall equinox, days when like the balance of light and dark, could be enticingly warm and draw us back towards reveling in the beauty and try to squeeze out those last drops of summer. And what we really might be better suited doing is ensuring that all is in order for to prepare ourselves in long winter. That changing balance between the sun and the moon has been with us since the dawn of time. Though our human focuses may have changed, Navigation of these changes has been a constant throughout our evolution. 
We have adapted to the changing rhythms of the seasons. Although our modern world has begun to cut off, cut us off from some of these natural cycles. But it was this idea of moving between light and dark and the idea of balance that became the catalyst for what I hope to share today. Because despite the sunny weather, things surely don't feel to be in balance in our society these days. I spent about three hours yesterday in the middle of a very charged protest, the Drag Queen Story Hour at Zal, Milwaukee, which is a Methodist church plant um, um, of LGBTQ and um, allies. About 100 members. It's a very powerful um, group that is, um, is doing some great work. News had gotten out that a group of fundamentalist Christians was planning to protest and the call came for people of liberal faith to come to the site to provide safety and protection for the participants. By the time the event started, there were about a hundred of us allies standing in front of this church and about 30 young people from a national conservative Christian gathering in Brookfield began to collect in the large grassy medium that divided the street. Both sides were holding their signs and both sides had bullhorns yelling their messages at each other. I don't think there was a whole lot of change happening in this space. At one point, I noticed my colleague, Reverend David Kramer from United UU Congregation of Waukesha, engaged in a conversation in the middle of this divide with two young men on the other side. I went over, found them all beginning to become a little bit frustrated. But I joined into the grouping. And we ended up having what felt to me like a pretty productive conversation. This to me feels like the place my ministry should be. I have both bodily and positional power. And it feels like my job is to use my privilege, lean into this chaotic space to help find new ways forward. Over the course of this conversation, I posed several questions to this young man who was highly informed and well-prepared to engage in deep theological debate. And while I planted many thought seeds, which I hope will someday sprout into seeds of doubt, I heard my young friend coming back to again and again was a single question. How can there be peace in the world? There's not a clear single truth to guide our way. Another way to say that is how can there be balance in the world? This was this was what he this was this is what he kept coming back to. How can there be balance in the world if there is not a clear single truth to guide our way? And this in a nutshell, so it always comes back. We human animals at our core crave the safety and security of a known thing. And this, my friends why I think many of us feel so out of balance right now. As my friends from the 60s noted, we are at the dawning of the age of Aquarius. We're in a time of great rebalance. As a society, we are still in the toddler stage of a new, new level of development. I invite you to think about this for a minute. For most of our history, Power has been harnessed in one way and by a very select few. Strong authority, usually male, all designed with power over. This has been the way. It has been structured, 
ordered, that has allowed large swaths of society to survive and thrive. Large swaths does not mean all. The needs of anyone that doesn't fit neatly into this order, and I saw that order like so clearly um, across the way yesterday, males and married females, anybody that it doesn't hold those roles has been neglected and swept aside, often erased from history, subjugated, taken from, marginalized. Black, brown, gay, female, all have been subjected to this inequality. It's only in like the last 200 years of our evolution, literally the blink of an evolutionary eye, that the concept of shared power has even been seriously considered. The very concept was called revolutionary, even though its early formation maintained all of the ingrained power dynamics, with men continuing to maintain control overall. And if 200 years is a blink, how small of a moment in time is it since the 30s when humanism began to exert its influence and the ideas of science were added into the theological discussion? And even shorter still, the changes that have been made since the 60s, waves of feminists and black activists, and LGBTQ uh, rights folks, demanding a more equal balance in the sharing of society. One of the things I've most appreciated about being a Unitarian Universalist is the ability to place myself more clearly within the arc of history. I can trace the roots of our faith tradition all the way back to the beginnings of Christianity and even before. I can look at the influence of historical events across the globe as our tradition has evolved. And I, begin, I can begin to look ahead, see where we might hope to collectively move towards tomorrow ensure we are moving towards greater balance and harmony in the world for all. The things that feel wrong to us are the imbalances. It is impossible to live happily in Eden if we both have a consciousness and are aware of all the suffering in the world. Maybe many are able to block this out, but this requires an othering, a diminishing, Theology that says it is natural for there to be winners and losers. And it is never a mistake that those that currently hold power label themselves as winners and take every effort to maintain that status. This model holds that power is finite and must be controlled by a select few. Our fledgling experiment in democracy is encouraging us to challenge that notion and replace it with a new paradigm of shared power. This is where all the messiness is occurring. This is where the cracks are. Frederick Douglass warned us, power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did, and it never will. Find out just what any people will quietly submit to, and you have found out the exact mess, measure of injustice and wrong which will be imposed upon them. And these will continue till they are resisted with either words or blows or with both. Limits of tyrants are prescribed by the endurance of those whom they oppress. This is the challenge that those of us that imagine a better way forward are faced with today. The need to strengthen ourselves to oppose the forces that are rallying to maintain the status quo of the old ways. 
And this is what our faith is currently trying to do. Our answer to that young man's search for that one clear single truth to guide our way is that no single truth is capable of guiding the way for all. Our challenge then comes learning how to be big enough to hold a variety of truths and the intentional effort that it takes to ensure all perspectives are included as we're choosing our paths forward. Those of us that believe that this is a better way forward have many challenges to overcome. If we think of this as evolutionary, we could say that there are many adaptations that need to occur for this new way to take hold and begin to bloom and spread. Truth is, we are still in the very early stages of learning how this can be. We've been granted this individual freedom, but that freedom came with no playbook regarding how to use that freedom for collective good. As Unitarian Universalists, we are committed to learning from our mistakes of our past, finding better ways forward that benefit collective, not just the individual. This path is rife with challenge. Biologically, we are wired to seek pleasure and avoid pain. Hedonism is pleasure. Working for the collective often requires some level of sacrifice or pain, it just does. I can tell you that my old feet were pretty sore from standing at a protest for three hours yesterday. Wouldn't it have just been easier to stay at home and enjoy a beautiful day in my garden or spend some enjoyable time having a lemonade with one of you? The more time passes, the more difficult it is to ignore the imbalances that exist in the world that we have created. Hedonism does not pair well with existential ends. One reality of freedom and the stage that our marginalized siblings have fought to climb up onto is that we have now been shown the impact of the old model of unfettered power over. There is so much power being intentionally consolidated to shut down these voices and return to the old ways. We find ourselves in an inflection point. Which side of history will eventually come out on top? The old model of hierarchical power or this emerging model of shared power? As you know, if you've been listening to me for any length of time, I believe it is communities like this, just like this one, that are the crucial breeding grounds for this new way of being. This faith is intentionally trying to welcome all kinds of differences into the conversation. We are trying to learn how to make decisions where all voices are heard and the best way forward are decided collectively. This requires a great deal of intentional work by all of us, especially those for whom the system has been set up to favor. It requires new ways of being. Rather than stifling dissent, we must encourage it. There are individuals in this community that seem singularly focused on disagreeing with everything that I say. And the old model would encourage me to quash those voices by any means possible to ensure that my way becomes the way forward. The new model demands that instead that these voices be lifted up and centered and given the same weight as mine. And from there, and only from here, 
can the collective be given the opportunity to consider a shared way forward that includes all perspectives, not only those that have been granted some level of our authority? It is the voices of dissent that strengthen our future, not the voices like mine that might be touting a singular vision of a brighter tomorrow. Because if only one voice is in charge of plotting the way, we are trying to navigate the most challenging parts of our journey with many of our senses missing. Perhaps the way I suggest is the right way, but it is very likely that I'm missing a great many things since the system I am navigating in has been set up to make my way the easiest. It is the dissenter that has the ability to point that out. And even if the collective sense says to the dissenter, no, I don't think that sounds quite right, at least the concern has been added to the conversation. And then as we move forward together and our assumptions continue to be tested by new challenges, Concerns that were given voice in the past can be reflected upon and considered and can be wondered whether or not that there was something of value that was actually missed in earlier discussions. In this month, as we celebrate pride and seek to amplify the long silenced voices of our LGBTQIA plus siblings, and as we celebrate the brightest days of the year, going to invite time for reflection to consider where we are on our collective human journey. If you are feeling overwhelmed by the inequities that remain in the world and the struggles we find ourselves in, I'd like to invite us to draw from a source of wisdom that has recently emerged in the Black community. A group of people that has been so long marginalized that the constant calls for equity equality were beginning to ring hollow turn to the idea of science fiction as a source of unimagined possibilities and as a beacon of hope to guide a way forward. So this is what I'm gonna ask you to do today for the next several minutes. As my time with you is quickly winding down, this community will once again be asked to imagine the next steps to take on its journey. And while it is natural for us to think about the very next steps in front of us, we can get a new minister, that's the right amount of hours done, hire that means for, et cetera. This is the time for the community to once again reflect upon its shared purpose. We began that work together, but pivoted to the conversations that were happening across our table. This work helps to provide important perspectives. It'll soon be time to turn that back to yourselves. What is the ultimate purpose of this prairie community? How are you called to be together in this moment of history? And if you choose the right path, are successful, what will the world look like in the future that is better than it looks today? So all of that, I'm gonna invite you to, if you have access, grab a pen and paper, maybe bring up a blank document on your, on your computer or your phone. And I'm gonna give you a prompt I'm going to invite you to begin writing a story. Doesn't matter if you're a storyteller or not, that's not the point. The idea is to get a lot of different ideas out of collective review and consideration. So here's the beginning of that story. A minute to give you a second to sort of get out something to capture your The year 
3023, there's a professor giving a lecture lecture about a small post-Christian sect called Unitarian Universalism and the impact that their little fledgling movement had on the positive outcomes of humanity. Professor says, they were a small group of whose ideas survived the time of the great shuffling. We only know a little bit about them because a few of their kind had great archivists who saved paper copies of their ideas and historical influences. We are grateful. So here's the, here's the two prompts that I'm gonna offer up to you. I'm gonna give you four or five minutes to, to kind of reflect on this. And I'm gonna post these in the, in the chat. So the first prompt is the most important ideas that these folks were helping to birth in this intentional community that went on to make all the difference in the world was, what is it that we are trying to bring to bring into the world as Unitarian Universalists in this community, in this moment in history that has the potential to change them? And then the second prompt is, and this is the, the professor talking, the pivots that they made to stay vital and relevant through the deluge of change that swept humanity at that time were, and maybe you won't get, get a chance to get to that one, but, but listen, what I really want you to do, what I really want us all to do is to just take some time to collectively imagine a future that we have been, we have been able to bring into, into existence based on the work that we do. I'm going to put these two prompts in the chat. There they are. And I'm going to look at the clock. I'm going to wait about five minutes. And I would if you're if you're together with another person, have a conversation perhaps. If you're alone, then what is the most important work that we are doing together for part of this community? And what are the things that we need to think about trying to do differently to make sure we remain relevant? Not swept into the vast. All right, thank you for playing along with that. That little bit of fancy. We are still in the infancy of the age of this great new awakening. The whole system is working to ensure that things don't change. You and this community around you are one place where the seeds of hope for a brighter day can have the chance to sprout and expand. Once Lynn invites us to discussion time, I'd love to hear from you what ideas you came up with as we took that moment of creativity. It's likely that many of us thought of similar things, and it's also likely that someone will have come up with a narrative that none of us has considered before. Hope it is these imaginings that will continue to be refined after I'm done. This is the source of your power. And this is the way we're restoring balance in our world. Blessed be. Thank you so much, Reverend Matt. I just want to hold up what, what Rachel said and, and just say preach. Like that is that is really. I think what I was hoping to move towards in this in this in this reflection today is 
that to me is is the is the is the challenge of our times, right? We are we are in this brand new awakening of like individual freedom, and we are learning that the excesses of that really just don't lead to any balance, right? Everybody says this is my position, this is my position, and you just get stuck. And the real balance point is exactly Rachel. What I think you're talking about is the idea that we need to find a way collectively together to learn how to balance not only our own individual needs, but also the needs of our club. Uh, Matt, if you have any final words that you want to set us off with, if not, that's fine too. I would just um, uh, once again, thank you all for time to listen to my reflections and um, playing along. And uh, I think this is, this is uh, the, the work that is, that is next for this community. It's ongoing, right? It's an ongoing striving. What have we learned? What can we, what do we need to do today? How does that inform the future? And I think this is this is just part of that play. Thanks for coming along. Thanks a lot, Reverend Matt.